have a Bible, I want you to go to the book of Hosea. That's a real book of the Bible, by the way. <laughs> you never heard, I know some of y'all don't journey into the Old Testament, but that's all right. I want you to go to chapter 2, verse 14. Hosea 2, 14. I had about four things that I was going to preach about, and I didn't know which one to do, and, th and I was asking the Lord, and he kind of said this one, and of course it's the one that I have no notes for, so bear with me, but we don't care about that here. It says this, and let me give you some background. Hosea is a, is a book where there's this, I'm going to give you a really quick background. He's a prophet. His wife becomes a prostitute. She gets pregnant. He buys her back. And it's also a picture of Israel and kind of their rebellion and all of that. But I want to share this with you. Therefore, and this is God speaking, behold, I will allure her and bring her into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her. And I will give her vineyards and make the valley of Acre a door of hope. And there she shall answer as in the days of her youth, as the time when she came out of the land of Egypt. You're probably going, what are we about to talk about? Let's pray. Father, your spirit's been here already, and it's here now. Help me to only speak the things that you would have me to speak, God. Help me only to do the things that you would have me to do this morning. <clears throat> in Jesus' name. Amen. What was life like for you before the thing? What's the thing? The event, the illness, the problem, the situation. You see, sometimes we have things happen in our lives that are so tragic. We have good things too, but I'm, I'm not talking about that right now. That are so tragic, so faith-shaking, so scary, so so uh, just mind-bending that it actually kind of marks our life to the point where you go back and you look at pictures and the way you look at those pictures you say, oh, look how I looked before that happened. This is how it was before I had that issue. This is how it was before I got sick. This is how it was before. There's a lot of Christians who are living and they're thinking back on their glory days. But the Bible tells us where to live from glory to glory to glory to glory. Now, in between glory to glory, sometimes there's valleys to climb back up to the glory. So this is kind of what's happening in this passage. See, the valley of, of, of Acre was a place where a terrible thing happened. Israel lost because some treasure was stolen, and God said, don't touch anything. And then they buried it and lied about it, and then a bunch of stuff went down, and they had to kill people because that's what happened. So when, you, when we think about this, what God is saying is a very strange, strange thing. I struggled with this when I was reading it because I understand the Father's heart. I understand it's a heart of love. We all know that. So why would God, being good, allure or lead us into the wilderness? How, and and I, I grappled with my theology. I said, how could a good God lead me into the wilderness? Because how many people, don't raise your hand, have been in a wilderness or are in a wilderness? A dry season, a place where nothing's really happening, a place where you're not really sensing God, you're not really feeling God, feels like everything's kind of, how could a good God lead you 
to a bad place and I and I got my theological brain on and I pulled out my commentaries and I pulled out my phone and I googled and I was wrestling with this and God said chip you're looking at it wrong a good God wouldn't lead them to a bad place the place is actually a good place I was like wait a minute Lord you see then he took me to the New Testament where Jesus was baptized and the Spirit descended on him like a dove and then there's a little phrase in there that says and the spirit of the Lord led him into the wilderness what so all these these things we see God calling people out into the wilderness into the sea so if you're in a wilderness season right now I want to tell you don't necessarily look necessarily look at it as a bad thing so I said God why why the and he said chip not audibly but in my spirit because if he said it audibly i'd probably listen less but that's a different story because when he talks to you from inside you just know that you know so many people are this is nothing to do with what i'm preaching about so many people have this thing where i want god to speak to me anybody can speak to you audibly driving somebody speak to you from inside of you that's some freaky stuff <laughs> that gets my attention but anyway I realized that Jesus was led in the wilderness to be tested not and tempted. It says to be tempted by the devil because God doesn't tempt us. The wilderness is always, say always, always, it's always a transition place. The wilderness is a hallway to where God wants you to go. The desert will lead you to your destiny. Amen? Amen. And here's why. Because I'm thinking, okay, Jesus was in the wilderness, and here we have God saying, I'm going to lure them out into the wilderness, and, and I'm going to, and I'm like, what, what? And then I realized in order for me to get to where I need to go, I have to leave where I was. You see, the wilderness, when they left Egypt, the Israelites, they were 40 years in the desert, in the wilderness. It actually should have only taken 11 days but it took a lot longer because of stubbornness. So I wonder if some of us are in a wilderness and it's just dragging on and on and it really shouldn't because we're being stubborn, because we're doing things that God's telling us not to, because we're not paying attention to his voice, because we're not focusing in. Because your wilderness, if we look at, the, we look at Jesus, is a place where you're to be edified and built up and to learn about God and to learn where you're going. See, Jesus had to go through the wilderness, then his ministry began. The wilderness is a gateway. It's a passageway. But some of us get so hurt by the things that happen in the wilderness. God doesn't cause the bad things to happen. Don't hear that. But because bad things happen while we're in the wilderness, and the wilderness is a place that is stripped of all comfort. It's hot. It's arid. All the, all, there's no real trees typically in the wilderness they're referring to. It's just a dry, arid place of nothing. Because you can't go where you need to go and stay in your comfort zone, amen? So God will lead you into a wilderness, and yes, the devil will attack you and tempt you there, and yes, things will happen there, but what God is doing is he's saying, if you can get through the wilderness, Israel, and understand Israel is a picture of the church, which is us, if you can do that, you can get into the promised land. But some of us have been so hurt, we're sitting and camping out in the wilderness, God doesn't want you doing that. Look at somebody say, keep it moving. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. 
That's what we got to do. We got to keep it moving. So I'm like, Lord, you call us into the wilderness. And in the wilderness, we're in this broken place and we're in this tired place. Then he says this, I'll allure you to the wilderness and I'll speak tenderly to her. What? I was like, God, you're getting weird. There's something that happens when we encounter God in our brokenness. There's something that happens when we encounter God in our wilderness. You see, when everything's stripped away and you're in a place of desperation, there is something that happens where if we tune in and focus in, we can really connect with God. And what I love is he says, I'll speak tenderly. There's his heart for us. He's not, you're not in the wilderness and God's saying, oh, you messed up this time. Oh, you screwed up this time. Oh, look at you. Oh, blah, blah. And God said, I, while you're in the wilderness, I personally want to minister to you. I want to speak tender. I want to tell you it's going to be okay. I want to tell you the plans in my heart. I want to tell you what I'm calling you to do. I'm speaking to you. I'm wondering if you're not listening to God because you're too busy listening to the pain too busy listening to the voices in your head. Some of us think we're hearing God, but it's not really him. It's the enemy. I know that because he says he'll speak tenderly. I know that because Jesus says there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. I know that because the Bible says Satan's the accuser of the saints. So I know the voice in my head that is accusing me and condemning me and, and screaming while I'm in the wilderness. That doesn't feel tender. That doesn't feel intimate. That doesn't foster connection. Therefore, I have to trust in God's character enough to know that he wouldn't do that. I'm not saying he won't correct you. I'm not saying he won't encourage you to do better. But he wants to take you out and tenderly speak to you. And if you listen to his voice while you're in that dry place and in that wilderness, you're going to learn things about yourself. You're going to learn things about your destiny. Chip, you keep talking about destiny. What's my destiny? I just work it. At a, at a call center, that's me. But I just work at this place or at that place. I don't have, we all have a destiny. We all have a divine purpose. We all have something God has called us to do. So God wants to speak tenderly to you, and I wonder if you're listening. And if you're not listening, I implore you, please listen. Then he says this, I will give her vineyards and make the valley of Acre a door of hope. He says, well, and keep in mind, they're in the wilderness. In the wilderness, God's speaking tenderly. In the wilderness, God's saying, I'll give you vineyards. Which back then, growing wine, you know, that was a profitable, that was a thing. That, that's a lot bigger deal than what maybe we're feeling. While you're in the wilderness, you have to trust that God is lining up your blessings. Amen? Because they, 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 there's no vineyards there. The vineyards are to come. I will give you this what is God speaking to you while you're in this wilderness place that he said I am going to give this to you I'm going to give you that family member saved I'm going to give you that ministry I'm going to give you that call I'm going to give you that power I'm going to give you that financial wisdom see we're so caught up in being in survival mode when we're in the wilderness on just getting through, just feeling okay, just getting by, that we miss that while we're there, God is speaking to us and he's telling us, I want to bless you and I want to see things happen in your life. Amen? Amen? We can't be in survival mode. 
We can't be in, oh, because that's what the Israelites did. They left Egypt, and then they're out in the desert, and then they're like, and this is, this is literally what they said. Moses, I'm assuming they're out of breath because they're hiking. I'd be out of breath. Were there not enough graves in Egypt that you let us out here? You ever felt like that with God? You feel like he's led you out of something? Lord, was there not enough graves in Egypt? Was there not enough pain in the last situation? Was there not enough confusion? Couldn't you have just left me there? And God says, I couldn't because I love you. And because I love you, I discipline you. The Bible says that too. It says, whom he loves, he disciplines. Because I love you, I'm not content to watch you stay at the place that you are. So I have to lead you into a wilderness. And I have to lead you to the promised land. And if you just got everything without ever going through that wilderness, without ever experiencing life, we wouldn't appreciate. We wouldn't embrace it. We wouldn't steward it properly. And then I, I had to do some research because... I'm not like a scholarly person. <laughs> I'm not somebody who just naturally gets things. I was like, the Valley of Acre, and, and Acre is actually how you pronounce it because I had to Google it. So <laughs> um, this is where that battle took place we talked about. And God says, I'm going to make it a door of hope. There's something in your life that you view as the biggest tragedy and it very well could have been. But God's saying, I'm going to turn that valley into a door of hope. The place where you were defeated, the thing that you thought would destroy your life, the thing that you thought was not going to ever stop hurting, the thing that you thought you could never get through, God is saying, I am going to make that into a door of hope. I want to redeem that. We serve a redeemer, amen? I, I don't think we understand redemption sometimes. God doesn't cause these bad things to happen and these bad issues to happen. But what he does do is he'll get right in the middle of it. Amen. He'll get right in the middle of your mess, right in the middle of the confusion, right in the middle of the chaos. And he says, I'll I'll, I'll, I will redeem it. I will not condemn you for it. He can take any bad situation and flip it. Amen. Has anyone ever had some flip situations? So he's saying, I know that you're seeing that was the, the greatest failure. That was the greatest loss. I know you prayed for that person and they didn't get healed. I know you pressed in and it didn't happen. I, I know that, that the marriage didn't work. I know that you failed out of college. I, I know all of those things. But I'm going to turn that into your hope. I'm going to turn that into your blessing. I'm going to use that and redeem that. And in Genesis 50, it says, what they meant for evil, God will use for good. Amen. And that's how good our God is, that he says, I will intervene and I will say, guess what, devil? I'm using this for good. And then it says this. What time is it? Okay, we're good. It says, there shall, let me go back. And there I will give her vineyards and I'll make the valley of Acre a door of hope. And there she shall answer as in the days of her youth, as at the time when she came out of the land of Egypt. The days of, remember when you had the youth? <laughs> I, I, I might. I don't feel it. No, I'm kidding. Remember, the, the, and when I'm saying youth, I don't mean physically. Remember when you first got saved? Remember when you first came to know Christ? Remember when you first encountered the Holy Spirit? You, had a, you wanted to tell everybody. You wanted to pray for everybody. You, you get excited if you saw someone in a wheelchair at Walmart. Maybe I do. Maybe y'all don't. 
You'd get excited to go out and pray. You, you, you had this vigor, this excitement, this, this, this charge because you're saying, oh, God has done this for me and I have so much joy and I'm so excited and life is so great. And then all of a sudden you realize being a Christian doesn't preclude you from problems. And then we, bec- we go from these active, faithful, excited, youthful Christians to... Are we going to sing another worship song? Y'all don't. I'm talking about another church. Not a vineyard church. Amen. What happened? I'm serious. I'm asking you. Don't answer me because that would be weird. But what happened? What happened to you? I'd say look at your neighbor and ask, but that would be weird too. What happened to the joy you had? What happened to the faith you used to have? How, how come you used to believe God to heal cancer and HIV and broken legs and blinded eyes, and now you don't even trust him to pay the cable bill? What happened to the joy when you were brought out of Egypt? Remember that? Remember the bondage you were in before, before the Lord? Remember when you were in Egypt and you had slave masters who worked you and worked you and you could never do enough and you could never own anything or have anything and then God calls you and adopts you and you just you become a son or daughter of the king? Yet we just seem very unmotivated about it sometimes because we're in a wilderness. And some people, I'm too spiritual to be in a wilderness. I'll never admit I'm in a wilderness. That's fine. You'll stay in it then. I'll pray for you, but you have to choose. This door of hope that has been set before you, this thing that has happened that has caused you to lose your vigor and your excitement, God wants to turn it around. I think of King David where he's crying out in Psalm 51. He says, Lord, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Where's your hope? Where's the joy of your salvation? I wonder if this can be a church that can be on fire for God. I wonder if this can be a church who says, I'm excited again. And, I'm ne-. and see, the, what's great is the Holy Spirit says you don't ever have to feel that way. You don't ever have to be in a burnout place. Amen? You don't ever have to be in that, that, that place of life where you're like, I'm just dragging. Now, I'm not saying everything's going to feel great all the time. But God's saying, you're in the wilderness, and I'm trying to speak to you tenderly, and I'm trying to show you that what you've been through is going to be a great hope, and that you're going to see other people come to me because of your testimony. Because of what you, but you have to see it that way. And until you see it that way, it's not going to happen. God is not somebody who's sitting in heaven going, If they say the right things and do the right things, I'll redeem this situation. If they tithe this amount, if they do this, if they sing this way, if they go to church this many times a year, God is not, and sometimes God isn't so we have to bet, Lord, please, God, come, help us, please. If you're a parent and you heard a kid crying in the other room because they got hurt, would you ignore them knowing they were actually physically really hurt? Of course you wouldn't. And if you would, see me after the service so I can call Child Protective Services. But, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Oh, Chip, you're weird. But God is a good father. Amen? He's aching 
aching to redeem your situation. He's aching to communicate with you. The problem's not on his end. It, it, it's not him going, God, those kids. I thought you feel like it says that about me sometimes. <laughs> Please, I'm trying to use you. Shut up. So the Lord, you shouldn't have given me a microphone. But God wants to redeem that. Tyler, you can come back up, worship team. We can turn the lights down. What, what I really want to leave you with today is in your mind, I want you to think, and I'm going to ask anybody on our prayer team to kind of, you know, we're going to go into ministry time as well. I know we've already had a little bit of that, but if you need prayer. But I want to challenge you for maybe some inner healing this morning. Maybe there's something inside of you that's a wilderness place, or maybe you're in that, and you're saying, I need prayer. Maybe you need to trade that in today. Maybe your valley can become your door this morning with an encounter with God. Would you stand with me? I'm old school. I like to stand at the end. Every head bow, every eye closed. There's no point in, to me in coming to church if we don't ask God to do something. So whatever is inside of you this morning, that you're saying, I need redemption in this. I need my valley to become my door of hope. I need to hear the Father speak tenderly to me. I need to be released from this pain. I need to get through this wilderness and get to my promised land. If that's you, you can come pray at the altar. You can find someone to, to pray for you. You can kneel at your seat. You do whatever you want. Just make sure you're doing business with him, amen? So I'm gonna pray and then we're gonna move into our ministry time. And I just, I just pray that you will let the Lord speak to you in this wilderness. Let the Lord speak to you. Father, we love you, Lord. You're such a good God. To take our tragedy and turn it to triumph. To take our pain and make it into purpose. Amen. You take our poverty, God, and you turn it into power. So, Lord, we're asking for a spirit of redemption in this place. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Speak tenderly to us. Show us what we should do, where we should go. I just sense the Lord speaking to someone. You need to call a family member and you need to just forgive them. You know it's you. You just need to call them and forgive them. Forget the past. So have your way, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Do some business with the Lord. Once you're done, you can.